We pray, Lord, that none of us would have a hard heart today. We'd have a good heart. We pray that we would persevere in what we hear, follow through and do our part. We pray, Lord, that the things of this world, the busyness and pursuing wealth, would not crowd out and choke out your word, but, Lord, you would find your word landing on good soil. It's receptive and open to you today, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Well, this morning we're going to talk about the last of the Old Testament characters that we've been going through. And we've had quite a list. I've been watching a series, uh, I believe it was on PBS, by... Ken Burns, it's, on, it's called The War, it's about the Second World War, and I, I'm kind of a history buff on the Second World War, and I really enjoyed this series. It talked about the atrocities that took place, of course, in Europe, Battle of the Bulge, you know, some of the famous battles that we're aware of, Normandy and so forth. But in particular, I noticed this time the atrocities that were done on the islands in the Pacific. People were mutilated. They were tortured, even cannibalized. In that period of time, the Japanese believed that if you ate the liver of your enemy, that that would strengthen you against them. There were horrible, horrible things that went on. We're familiar with war. But this morning I want to talk about the war that you are in. It's not in Iraq or Afghanistan, but it's in your home. It's in you internally. It's at school. It's at work. It's in our relationships, in our marriage. We're going to talk about a story from 2 Kings chapter 6 about Elisha. So I want to read 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning in verse 8. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. So he'd planned where he was going to plan to attack Israel. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God and time and time again Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. In other words, he thought there was an informant. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. That would be kind of disconcerting, I think. Imagine me being able to know every word that you say in private. Wouldn't that be interesting? Probably change the way we conduct ourselves, the way we talk. So notice the first blank there to fill in is, who is your enemy? 
Think of a difficult situation in your life. I'm sure you have at least one. Maybe it's physical, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's mental, maybe it's financial, maybe it's relational. And we all face difficult things like that. I was golfing with a friend of mine last summer and <laughs> it was really funny because his, he, he told me of a situa- conversation that had occurred in the doctor's office. His wife has been fighting cancer for the last year. And so she's gone through chemo, she's gone through radiation, she's done it all. Lost her hair. And she's through all of that now, but uh, now the doctor was uh, prescribing a new medication for her. And so they went to the doctor to find out how she was responding to this new medicine. So she was sitting facing the doctor and my friend was just a little bit behind her but he could also see the doctor. So the doctor said, I'm going to go through symptoms and ask if you have any of these symptoms. And he went through a number of symptoms. And he said, moodiness. And the guy's wife went like this, and he went. (laughs) She couldn't couldn't see him, but, but he was disagreeing with her. You know, so, so many times, uh, particularly in relationships, we, we feel like people are our enemy. There may be somebody in your life right now where it just seems like they're my enemy. I've faced many times like that, as I'm sure you have too. Sometimes your wife or your boss, your teacher, even a friend sometimes. Fill in the blank, please. Your enemy is not people. That would probably be one of the most important things that I say today. Your enemy is not people. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So in this story we just read, the king of Aram would, would go to a particular place planning to entrap the Israelites. But God would warn the Israelites and they would go to another place. And so the king of Aram moved and tried to trap them again and they'd not go there, they'd go another place. And the king thought, how can this happen time after time after time after time? Every time I set a trap, somebody has got to be an informant here. And someone said to him, no, it's Elisha, the prophet. He's warning them. He tells them where you are, where you're going to be. And then the kind of the conclusion of this story is that uh, they were surrounded, Israel was surrounded by Aram, and there were tremendous number of people, soldiers that were against Israel, outnumbered them greatly. And so the servant of Elisha was afraid, which is understandable. You've got an army and they've got an army and they got you surrounded and there are a lot more of them than you. And he was afraid. But Elisha prayed and asked that his servant could see into the spiritual realm. Now think about this. 
And God answered his prayer, opened his eyes so that he could see the spirit realm, the unseen world that is behind our physical world. And he could see that there were chariots of fire and horses that far outnumbered the Arameans. That would be one of my prayers for you today, that you'd be able to see behind the things that you see with your eyes every day, what's really going on in the spirit. In our culture, it's, it's laughable to think about demons and Satan, even, even God. But people scoff at that idea. But the truth is that there's a, a spiritual impact on the physical things in your life. We attack each other. I bet this last year you had some kind of a relational conflict where you were extremely angry with another person or persons and you felt like they were your enemy. There are times in marital relationships you get so mad. But I've discovered Ginger isn't my enemy. She's really not. Sometimes we're irritating to each other, but she's not my enemy. And if we attack people or try to defend ourselves against people, we're fighting the wrong enemy. We're fighting the wrong battle. Paul said, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's talking about the, the various ranks in the army of Satan. So notice secondly, how do we combat our enemy? We know that our enemy isn't people, but how do we combat our enemy? We look for symptoms first. I go to the doctor every year and have a, have a checkup. And uh, I love the doctor because he doesn't make me do some of the things that I had to do for years. and It's not nearly as embarrassing in your old age. And uh, his name is Dr. Fuller. Dr. Fuller, I'm sitting in a chair, taking my shirt off. He comes in. I've known him for years. He used to go to Faith Chapel. So I talked to him a little bit. I asked him how everything's doing. And, and he's listening to more than words, you know, what's really going on in your life. And then he'll start asking me this list of questions. You know, they have, they have acronyms that they memorize. Okay, how's everything in your in your stomach, anything in your bones, anything, any, any pain that you're experiencing any place. And he, he goes through and covers my whole body, asking me questions about different things, looking for symptoms. And then he has me go over and sit on the table, and he looks in my eyes, and he looks in my ears, and he listens to my heart, and listens to my lungs, and taps this and taps that. And then they take my blood. What are they doing? They're looking for symptoms. They can know the source of something that's wrong by looking at the symptoms of something, something that's wrong. So, notice the blank. Understand his strategy. We understand when the enemy is coming against us because he has a strategy. There are various symptoms that show up in our life that uh, come from him. I want to continue reading in 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning in verse 13. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. 
The report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out the next morning, an army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire around him. So the implication is that we can see these symptoms showing up. We can see that the enemy is attacking. But what God wants us to see is the one who is for us is stronger than the one that's against us. I've watched a lot of uh, boxing this year on YouTube. I went back and watched most in the 70s and 80s and 90s when boxing was kind of at its peak. Muhammad Ali, of course, I've talked about him recently, how arrogant he was or appeared to be. Actually, it was just a show to fill seats. But do you remember George Foreman? The George Foreman that we know today is much different than the George Foreman that was boxing early on. I mean, he, he was a brutal, mean man and knocked out everybody that got in the ring with him. And most of them he'd knock out in the first or second round. So he's going to fight Ali, and I think the odds were 7-1 to one in favor of Foreman. And everybody just believed that this was going to be the end of Ali. So they got in the ring, and George Foreman started pounding on Muhammad Ali, and he was giving him everything he had. And pretty soon Ali would get up against the ropes and he'd cover up himself like this. And he just let George Foreman pummel him. Round after round after round after round. Finally, he knew that Foreman was tired. And he went after him and knocked him out. Devastating to Foreman. Almost destroyed his life. But he started working, Foreman started working his way back up in the ranks, and at the age of 45, he had an opportunity for a world championship fight again. 20 years, I think, after he'd lost it. And he found, fought a man named Morer. And just like Ali had a strategy called rope-a-dope, <laughs> Foreman would say, I was a dope. <laughs> I let him stand the rope and wear me out. But Foreman had a strategy going into this fight, and the strategy was, he says, I'm going to not hit quite as hard as I usually do, and I'm going to let him hit me a lot, but there's going to come a point in the fight where he gains confidence and thinks he can stand right in front of me and fight, and that's when I'm going to get him, and he did. Knocked him out. There's a strategy in boxing, and there's a strategy in spiritual warfare. We know Satan's strategy. All, all sin revolves around these three things. You probably know them. First of all, lust of the eye. That means it comes through our eyes. I see something, and I desire it. I want it, and I will have it. That's desirable to me. It comes through the eyes. You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. We see things and we want them. Secondly, lust of the flesh. Lust of the flesh has to do with desires. We all have desires. 
hunger, sexual desires, thirst, so forth. And the lust of the flesh comes through those, but the problem is that we will satisfy those desires at any cost. There's nothing inherently wrong with any of those desires, but it's the excess that gets us in trouble, the lust. We will satisfy our flesh at any cost. And then the third one is the pride of life. I look at that a little differently now than I used to. Uh, pride of life basically says, look at me. We probably literally wouldn't say, though some people do, I don't need God. But the pride of life means I can do this on my own. You say, well, I would never say that. Oh, yeah, you would. There are various areas of our life where we get confident we get skilled. We've done the same thing so many times. We know how successful we can be at it, so we stop depending upon God. Look at me. I can do this on my own. It's the place where you're the strongest that you're the most vulnerable to that. Proverbs 8.15 says, I hate pride and arrogance. James 4.6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I see it. I must have it. I desire it, I will have it. I will satisfy my desires. Or I can do this on my own. I don't, I don't need the Lord for this. And the counsel of Scripture is be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. James 4, 7, submit, to God, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. I found that the best tactic in fighting the enemy is to say yes to Jesus rather than trying to say no to temptation is to say yes to Jesus. Make it a positive. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So not only does the devil have angels that he uses against us, but God sends ministering spirits, angels, to war on our behalf. You think about Elisha's servant being able to see into the spirit realm, that there were more that were for them than against them. And Wouldn't it be cool if God would let you live in the reality. You might not physically see them, but live in the reality that what is coming against you is small compared to what God sends to protect you. You submit yourself to His kingdom and His purposes. Notice the outline, we win. I went through a, a thing, oh, it's been... 10 years ago now. And uh, it was with another pastor. And we both felt like we were fighting for our lives. And at first I was just as susceptible to that as he was. But pretty early on, the Lord gave me a verse, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In other words, don't fight a person in an evil manner, but overcome evil with good. And so I began thinking that way and praying that way. We went through 
I think you're probably familiar with peacekeepers. We went through two days, one day of peacekeepers, and then a few weeks later we went through two more days of peacekeepers. And one day we went from early in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, and I was just totally wasted. I was exhausted. Jumped on my motorcycle and rode as far as I could ride. <laughs> and rode back the next day. I wasn't fighting that pastor. That's not what was going on. What was going on was the enemy was stirring up trouble and wanting two godly people to destroy each other. And when we began to pray and converse in that manner, then, then the battle was won. Recognize who is not your enemy. Arnie, she's not your enemy. <laughs> Now, sometimes it might seem like it, but she's not. Grove, Bev isn't your enemy. She thinks you're the enemy sometimes, doesn't she? But you're not. Recognize who is our enemy. Our enemy is unseen. And that's what throws us. He's unseen. I, I think Ali forgot to get my magnets today. You know that you take magnets and you get the poles opposite of one another and you can't see the force, but those magnets stick together. Then you take them and you turn them around and they repel one another. It's a force that you cannot see, but it's very real. It, 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 it's at work. The same thing is true in the spiritual realm. So I want you to think of one relationship right now where it seems like a person is your enemy. Maybe they treat you poorly. Maybe they've been unfair. Maybe they've been unkind. Maybe they are evil. But please recognize they're not your enemy. There's a... There's a a force, an invisible force behind them, the spiritual realm that is attacking you, not them. It changes everything. Then rest in the outcome. You remember how to do it is written? I say it is written, you say it is written back. Only you say it a lot louder. I'll say a phrase, then you say a phrase. Okay, here we go. It is written. No temptation has seized you, no except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. It is, it is written, if God is for us, who can be against us? It is written, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. It is written, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. And he delivers them. 
It is written, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. I think the scriptures for those are on your, on your outline. So I'd like to ask you to bow your heads, if you would, please. So in your life, maybe it's a situation that you're confronting. Maybe it's physical, emotional, mental. Maybe it's a person that you're confronting. Maybe it's a financial situation. Make sure that you recognize that you're fighting the right enemy. Just as it would be absurd to fight, the, fight someone that's not your enemy physically, make sure you're fighting the right enemy. It's not people. And the way that you do battle is on your knees. God is for me. So Lord, this morning, help us see into the spirit realm who our enemy really is. Help us know who is attacking us, why we are being attacked, so that we know how to fight back. And Lord, I pray for everybody at home that's listening to this message. I pray for everybody in this room that's listening to this message. The Lord, we would fight our battles on our knees, not with our fists, not with our words. We would fight our battles on our knees. And Lord, would you give courage and wisdom to everyone in this room today as they confront the right enemy. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning who's never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's something stirring inside of you that you want, you want to do that. And I want to give you a way this morning just to, you won't have to be embarrassed. You've got the rest of your life to stand up for Jesus and be bold. But this morning I'd like you just where you are if you want to receive Jesus today, just to lift your head and lift your hand. You don't need to say anything. I'm the only one looking around. And you'd be saying with your lifted hand, I'm receiving Jesus today. Yeah. I'm receiving Jesus today. Lord, I, I too just want to raise my hand and say, Lord, I love you. And I want to get up every day and tell you how much I love you. And I want to serve you today with all my heart. Help me to do that, Lord. Help each of us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.